Hello, and welcome to another episode of From, From the Lower Level. I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. Knock, knock. Who's there? You wish I said banana. <laughs> That's not even what the joke is. Do you want to do something really funny? I've been trying to figure out what the joke should have been. So let's just give it a go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Banana. No, say no, no. Trust me, this is the way it's supposed to go. Say banana who? Banana who? Knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange, you thought? Orange, you glad I didn't say banana? I think yeah. that's how the joke you was say, supposed to go. Even even you couldn't get it out, but I love you. <laughs> wish I said banana. <laughs> I think the best bit of it is that Ayad is actively, um, and for those of you who don't know. This is a reference to the most recent episode of Real Housewives of Dubai, episode seven. And we're going to talk about why you should be watching this and perhaps why you're not watching this and then why you're missing out on the magic of this knock-knock joke. But I, one of the things that I loved about Ayan when she told this joke is that she's actively trying to tell jokes better. <laughs> And she's one of those people that doesn't need to tell jokes. She is actually already funny. I thought you were going to say she's the joke. Wow. No. I, no. That, that's not funny, Patrizio. If there's one person who is not a joke on that whole show, it's Chanel Ayan. Let's be honest. Anyway, we have an action-packed episode for you. We're going to be looking at... The last episode of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Ex-Wives Club. Shed a tear, pour one out for the homies. Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the aforementioned Real Housewives of Dubai. But before we start breaking down the apps, Patrizio, what is the word on the street? The aforementioned word on the street. <laughs> Did we previously talk about it? You can't just say aforementioned <laughs> if there is no context. <laughs> you mentioned it. Anyway, time for me to mention it all. Um, let's start off in Beverly Hills. I mean, look, this was the video of the week. If you have not seen Erica Jane get served with the paperwork coming back from Hawaii at LAX airport, um, she's been served with this $50 million lawsuit for racketeering, uh, conspiracy to commit racketeering, unlawful business practice and deceit, um, all relating to the legal drama with Mr. Girardi. Is she like a drug kingpin? Like these are the sorts of things that the mob, the mafia gets done in for. This is insanity. Merriam-Webster, where you at? What does racketeering actually mean? Like, it is got to do with, like, fraudulent business dealings. Like, yeah. She, well, and this is the alleged, the alleged. They're essentially alleged saying that she's, like, she's found a way to dodge owning, like, to or copying to, to some of the stuff, right? Well, as well as that, like, her her EJ Global company was basically just a money, like, funneling operation that she knew that they were funneling the money. Like, she's involved. Like, I don't know. I thought, look, 
like I said, the best part was the video. She was pissed. A hundred percent. I mean, to be fair, anyone would have been pissed. I, I think that is the right response, Patrizia. And I, I want to say I was actually really impressed that she accepted the forms. Like she she ignored the woman walking beside her and then at the end she didn't say anything and then at the end she just took it. You've she got no choice. She's been I, served. I thought like, but the way Erica normally behaves, I thought we might have seen her like punch the woman in the face or something. And I'm really impressed that, that she was able to compose herself that much. Look. My question is, right, so obviously we saw her at the airport leaving with Lisa Rinna, so I knew her they had gone somewhere together. But then Erica dropped the video on the Instagram <laughs> of her trip to Hawaii and Diana Jenkins was there also. My question is, how could Diana Jenkins let Lisa Rinna and Erica fly commercial back to LAX and not go in the jet and avoid the avoid the serving you know so do you think that diana jenkins was in on it i mean was meredith marks in on the <laughs> FBI? all right okay like, yeah, allegedly mean, allegedly i mean we know meredith marks wasn't because she was professing jen's innocence so um but let's there's a lot of this there's, there's some insinuations there, Patrizio, that we do not have the legal means to back up. So let's let's remove that from the table. But yes, look, uh, I mean, it was a great video. I, I unfortunately received a lot of joy watching it, um, which is, just speaks to my character anyway. Uh, but moving on to lighter and brighter things, we found out this week that Sonia Morgan has listed the townhouse in New York for sale yet again. This is like the like twelfth attempt in like fifteen seasons of the show. Um, Moshi, it's going for like eight and eight point five. Yeah, eight and a half million dollars. Is anyone going to buy it this time? If I win Powerball, I will buy it. I think it's a good investment. I mean, it's stunning. You can't like to get a townhouse like that in New York City. I mean, it's like multiple stories. It's got that beautiful courtyard. Like, it is is prime real estate. It's prime real estate. Like, even if you were to knock it down, I think eight eight and a half million dollars is a bargain. I think in today's day and age, that property is worth a cool twenty mil. Um, and I think the issue that Sonia has is that people know too much about it. Um, it's one of those houses that you know you're gonna cop a lot of tourists. You're gonna, you're never gonna really have any privacy. Um, I, I think it's just too well known a house, and I think it's what, and because of that, it's become quite unpopular. You know what though, Teresa Judice sold her home, so I just don't understand. Like, how could how could Sonia not sell this? Where is the rich Arab? Prince to buy this townhouse off Sonia Morgan. Do you know what? I think that's the big difference between people who live in New Jersey and people who live in Manhattan. Money. It's not the money, but whose house they will buy. Well, Mo good. money can't buy you class, Patricia. Okay. You know good. who said that? The prophet Luanda. Not the prophet. <laughs> Oh my god, 
this this podcast this week is just going from going from one level to the next. <laughs> Where there's only one level for this podcast, Patricia, and that is the level. lower level. I will go as low as possible. You and Countess Luan in the lower level. <laughs> the prophet Luan to you. Thank prophet. you very much. <laughs> um. Anyway, moving right along. Um. There was this. This word on the street this week about Ultimate Girls Trip number three. Mm-hmm. So we spoke about it last week that the girls were going to Thailand and who's in the cast. Now we found out from Portia that it was a 10, 10 day holiday in Thailand. Um, but the keen Instagram watchers, the Bravo fans, noticed that Leah from New York posted back. Back at home, her wearing her like face mask, um, twenty four hours before Candace from Potomac posted that she was home because they posted at the same time, and Candace was still on an airplane, and Leah was in her home. So there is speculation, Moshi, that Leah left the trip a day early compared to the rest of the girls because of the drama. Nah, I just think her flight to New York was easier to get. You don't think there's any drama? Leah wasn't like, I'm out. No, I also saw a lot of people saying that Leah left early because she's not in that video, you know, the reel where they're Yeah, on. yeah. Um, and then somebody was like, yeah, but maybe Leah recorded it. Yeah, but, like, the Marco equivalent would have, like, filmed it. No, I'm not buying into Bravo or non on this one. I'm not doing the Bravo conspiracy theories. I'm going to wait and see. Maybe that he's a conspiracy theory for you. Leah never went. That I'd believe. With Tinsley not there, I'm more likely to believe that Leah was never there. 100%. No, I think we saw those footage, though. <laughs> um, anyway, let's close out the word on the street, though, with this one, which is that we spoke about it last week. Um, I think the or the, perhaps the week before about Teresa getting married um, it's fast approaching, and the word on the street is that it is just going to be a four-part spin-off, um, which I want to say that I called. Yeah, I mean, look, until it happens, it is just bravo anon. It is just a conspiracy theory. But, I mean, I think it makes sense. But four episodes. Yeah, because you've got to have, like, the lead-up, the bachelorette party, the actual wedding day, the brunch afterwards. Like, there's like there's, there's content for four episodes. We need somebody potentially doing what they did to Cynthia and Peter, hiding the mar- marriage certificate. <laughs> Who would be hiding the marriage certificate, though? Gia. Ooh, oh. I was not ready for that. The actually. kids. I, I'm ready. The kids. I feel like it's the daughters. They're like... Because they don't know if she's making the right decision, even though they all live together. Do you think Juicy Joe's coming to the wedding? That could be an episode on its own. The reunion. I think Juicy would go if he was invited. Well, but I, I don't think him and Louis are friends, though. I don't think he's allowed in the country if that's where they're doing it. <laughs> he got deported. I, I was there, Patrizio. I was there when Juicy Joe was deported. Where were you? That's like a moment in history. Um, no, look, 
yeah, I'm sure he's maybe gonna somebody will like jump on FaceTime and and have him there virtually. But I do think that if Joe was allowed to be at the wedding, he'd be. I reckon Teresa would invite him. Wild. Well, Moshi, that's the word on the street for this week. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back with all of the juicy goss from Ultimate Girls Trip. Moshi, we're back from the break, ready with the juicy goss. I want to know how you have the juicy goss. Were you there? I mean, where were you? I wasn't there. Where were you during the filming of Bluestone Manor? Um, No, I just, I just wanted. I (laughs) I just just got that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Storming Bluestone Manor. (laughs) Um, Just a random thought of the day, Moshi. I I have recently started watching Real Housewives of DC. Um, Oh, okay. I had never watched it before. Well, it's only like one season, isn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, and I was just like watching, and I was like, Mikhail and Tarek, where were they on January sixth? Well, do you not know? Do you not know what happened to Michelle and to Mikhail and Tarek? Yeah, no, they're like divorced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she ends up marrying like this rock star, like this ex rocker, and she Mikhail's living her best life. Yeah, but where Tarek, was she? Tarek still for being fraudulent, I'm sure. Not the fraud. Anyway. Um, Justice for Mikhail. Uh, it's it's the final episode this week of Ultimate Girls Trip. And um, I just thought we can, you know, let, let's just talk how we feel. Like what, what the, the season that was, you know. All seven episodes. All seven <laughs> episodes. I mean, I there was that rumour early on that there was meant to have been like an extra episode or two because it was just so much drama but obviously yeah. that was just clout like they were trying to like get us interested um it was the same amount of episodes as the first ultimate girls trip um i don't know out of like uh, five peacocks wearing jewelry i'm giving it four, many... and, four and a half peacocks wearing jewelry four and a half mm. generous uh Fair. I think How I'm many gonna, are you giving it? I'm giving it three. Why only three? Talk to me about that. What was it lacking? What was it missing for you, Patrizio? It just, it didn't do what had to be done. But what, what had to be done? Like, I want to know, like, what are the elements that were missing that would have perhaps made it, you know, a four peacock or potentially four and a half peacocks for you? Well, first of all, it made me have to renege on my pledge not to cancel Housewives moving forward <laughs> because Dorinda's behaviour was so abhorrent to me that I was like, I had to I had Okay, to do, not, do not blame Dorinda because you are boo-boo the fool okay, like do not blame Dorinda for your you would think after all these years of you watching Housewives that you would be ready to be disappointed. No, but I was I was ready this year. My my New Year's resolution was to lean into the mess. But Dorinda <laughs> took it to such a terrible place that I had to I just I had to cancel her. She just and you know what? And she showed her ass in this final episode as well. We were all getting along. We were all having a good time. And then Dorinda had to take it there again. Like, we can't have one nice night. No. 
and she she is not making it nice anymore. Not, but, and it's the it's the delusion of it all. Like the way that she thinks she's made it nice as well. Like it's just. It's so funny to me because I think the things that take it away from being five stars for you are the elements that make it four and a half stars for me. You love mess. <laughs> I do, much like Marie Kondo. But I also love delusion. Like, it is so funny to me to watch these women who were, you know, some of them were pioneers. Like, Vicky is the OG of all housewives. Like, she, she's the, the original. You know, she is when when she popped out of the earth and they created housewives around her, right? Like the concept of it. Um, and they're all just such icons and such behemoths, except maybe not Eva. But the thing about Eva was she fully redeemed herself in Ultimate Girls Trip and everyone is like, Eva is freaking amazing. But she is reality. She's a reality royalty. She, she you know, she's done a lot of other reality shows. Um but for me, it was just watching these women go through the thirst of it all. Like, I liked Brandy just being Brandy and reminding us why she was an, such a good housewife when she was on Housewives. Like, she really does her research, and that's something I appreciate about her. Um, you know, I do not like Tamara, but I enjoyed her in Ultimate Girls Trip. She was back to just being what we like about her so yeah i mean and phaedra out phaedra herself on the on the eva point um you know i do i do love some data and i do love that instagram account like real housewives data or whatever it's called yeah fake fake account i just don't know what i just called it but um eva had the greatest um increase in followers of course during the ultimate girls trip like of i thought people finally got to see eva and enjoy her and now following her on the instagrams like legit but it but to me that's what made it so good because i think we had such low expectations of what eva was going to bring to the table because of the personalities that were going to be there and eva was able to be I think the force multiplier and was able to bring us something that we weren't expecting. Oh, you don't think she was a false multiplier? Patricia is giving me a face. No, I don't think so. I think she was a mediator, but I don't think she like a force multiplier for me out of this group of women is probably Brandy. A hundred percent. Um, I think she is the false multiplier, um, as coined by Ebony K. Williams. I don't think, like, I mean, look, obviously Phaedra, like, you know, helped move things along, but is she a force multiplier? Um, I don't know, Dorinda, like, perhaps in a very evil and chaotic way, she is also a force multiplier. So some, yeah, for me, I think, though, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on all of those points. But I, yeah, definitely for me, overall thoughts of the season are just that I thought it was a smart decision of Bravo to host all these former housewives. And I think the fact as well that they didn't get the overseas trip, you know, just that bitterness, just the vibe of the whole thing, the being hard done by, the people who were angry. I think kind of the elements were really good. I hate to say it, like, Vicky being dumped, it was probably like one of, you know, 
of course that's the element that we get. You know what I mean? It's just like all of those little things came into play and it just, it made for a terrific season. Um, so for me, I, yeah, I think having to, to be the second season up and to still keep the vibe good, I thought, I thought it was great. So are you wanting more Ultimate Girls Trips? Is this like a successful, like, spin-off, I guess, in a way? Concept, spin-off. I think so. And I think it's a, a successful concept just because there are so many straggler housewives or we like to see... Yeah, there are stragglers out there. <laughs> but we also, I think, like to see what can happen when you mix the housewives together and you get other combos you know i mean i feel like this has been like the fan fiction that we've wanted all these years right it was always the all stars get the best of get the originals together get these group of women where they're you know they are like it's almost like if they had to cancel housewives tomorrow like there were no more housewives whatsoever like the, the grand finale would literally be all of them on an island together just like trying to kill each other it would basically 100%. be lord of the flies i'm like. here for it um so with that said what other concoctions what other recipe of ultimate girls trip would you like to see um i think you know i mean look we talked about it during the week moshi there's got to be one where well, like they don't <laughs> know it but they're all going to jail because <laughs> it's uh, the ex-cons. Yeah, I think if you've got a mugshot, we want that ultimate girls trip 100%. So They're that's gonna... like... Luann Porsche. would be twice, though. <laughs> that <would> be <laughs> the second go around. <laughs> Portia, Marlo, Luann. I think Sonia Tinsley. mugshot. Teresa Judai. That's what I mean. Jen Shah. <laughs> it would be a very iconic series yeah i'd like to see i think even gina would be on that series because from her dui <laughs> like the the thing is that the mix is just not what you're expecting no and they think they're going to camp but as teresa judas knows camp is a euphemism for jail a hundred percent like they go to the like a low level or they just have to do like community service or something that'd be interesting um, I'd also like to see, like, and I, I think this could be bad, but I also think it could be good, is, like, a one-season wonder. So all those people, like, not all of them, but the housewives that were only had a chance to be on one season, and I guess the prize at the end is that they get to go back to the <laughs> franchise if it still exists. Like, I think that might be nice. I think Ultimate Girls Trip should be a bit more of a competition, you know? <laughs> I think we need, like, a truly, like, international Ultimate Girls trip. Like, I want to see the ladies from Cheshire. I want the Dubai girls. I want the Melbourne ladies. You like, want to we... see Dawn Ward and Gina. <laughs> Dawn Liana. Ward and Gina Liano would be, like, I don't even know what that looks like. I know. I But I already know that that's the combo that you want to see in, and a, in an episode. And Lydia. Like... Wow, that would be phenomenal. Juliet from Ladies of London. No, like... no, no. <laughs> but this no. is like, get some of the international ladies. Because you know what? Like, 
because I feel like at the end of the day, it's kind of following the same recipe of like, you know, you've got your RuPaul's Drag Race. 100%. You know, it's the you, same sort of vibe. The, you bring in you bring in one international girl into the mix. Like I would love to see the Ultimate Girls Trip, like w- World Edition. I don't know what you're calling it. Okay, I like that actually. Ultimate Girls Trip World Edition. I think that could be really really cool, and I think they would have to bring a girl from Dubai on as well. And send them to the moon or something. Like, okay, like really. <laughs> let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Housewives right. in space. <laughs> wow. Talk to Elon. I'm sure he can make that happen. So one of the things that I've been also thinking about is that it'd be nice to also see the same group of women perhaps doing an ultimate girls trip again, particularly for something like ex-wives. Like I just feel with these group of women, it would be nice to see them again. And But my only thing is like I just don't know which location they, they could be in, maybe like one of Lisa Vanderpump's homes or something, but each time they just never get an overseas holiday. That's like the whole thing. You know what? I completely disagree with you. I never want to see this group of women <laughs> together ever again. Like, I, I, I don't think like you know. There's been like at least I think it's Brandy. Brandy was like on social media saying like. Andy, like, we need a reunion. Like, I don't think we need a reunion for these girls. Like, I think it's, like, good enough they get, like, an interview on, like, Watch What Happens Live and that's the end of it. Like, it's just, there's no need to ever see any of these women on an Ultimate Girls Trip ever again. So that's interesting because I was going to be my next question to you is whether or not you think they deserve a reunion. I think they deserve one of, like, the Watch What Happens reunions, which is what, like, Below Deck gets and um, some of the other shows get. And um, where they all just are on Watch What Happens Live together. I, I think that would be interesting. But I have a feeling that, that none of these women want to see Dorinda again. So I think, you know, what would be more compelling to me is to do that but at the start of the season. You know how, like, they've done that a few times? Like, I think they did with, like, Salt Lake City. They got the women on Watch What Happens Live before, like, the first season aired, like, the week before or whatever, to introduce us to the wives or whatever. It was, like, maybe after the first episode, I can't remember. But, like, I want to see that because I want to see, like, the tension because they're not allowed to obviously talk about, like, what happens for the rest of the show. Mm. But I want to see them all, like, really visibly, like, constipated over seeing Dorinda (laughs) on their TV. (laughs) Okay constipated overseeing Dorinda on their TV. You know what I mean? Because I can't can't say what they want to say, which is Dorinda, you're a moron. Yeah, but I still think they will find a way. But I think one of the other things that has come out specifically from this seat, like this specific franchise, is we obviously know Tamra has managed to get her orange back and will be heading back to the Real Housewives of the OC. I don't know if you heard, but when she told Vicky Gundelson... Vicky was in tears that Tamara's got her orange back. And I very much believe that that they have deliberately caused this tension between Vicky and Tamara because I think Vicky will be coming back at some stage and they want them to not be friends. Uh, I don't know. That sounds, that's like, deep on the bravo and on I think Moshi like oh, 100% I think you know Vicky unfortunately has had a time and like I think she'll come back in a friend's capacity especially because Tamara is on the show so I think it makes more sense to have them as you know a pairing and put them up against 
Heather Dubrow or something like Correct. that. Correct. That's what I. W- that's how I would have liked to see it. But I actually do think it is a bit unfair that Vicky isn't um, being allowed back. I will say though, there's also. I mean, we all know that Jill has been called the thirstiest housewife. Um, but there seems to be also this a bit of a petition around other Bravo lebs who are really good friends with uh, um, Jill Zarin because, you know, here's the thing about Jill, she makes friends with everyone and there's a bit of a petition around amongst the other Bravo lebs that they think that Jill should be given an apple back on whatever this reboot of New York is. How do you feel about that? I mean, just because they think it's a good idea doesn't mean that it is one. But I think, how could you have New York legacy and not bring back Jill Zarin? I I agree. But I also think, do you know what the thing is about Jill? She is connected. Like, she is that old school socialite from New York. And I think she's still also got the inroads with whatever is happening in this day and age. Do you know what I mean? Like she hasn't burned any bridges, say like perhaps Luann might have done or Sonia might have done. And she hasn't alienated herself from other people. I think like Ramona keeps a very specific group of friends. I think the thing about Jill is that Jill just keeps her family close and then is still sort of mingling and mingling with everybody else. So I still, I think that, what we've always expected from New York, I think Jill Zarin can still bring it. It's not like she's been away from the show and she's past her prime, she's lost all her connections. I think she still has that lifestyle, right? Well, I mean, that's the the rumour is Ramona's not coming back for Legacy. No, no, Ramona's going to be in a B-far for <laughs> forever dancing to Calvin Harris. Uh, honestly, the way that you follow that woman... <laughs> I don't, but Listen everybody else does. Because it's insanity. I am enjoying watching Ramona, you know, go through this very interesting late life crisis because yeah. she's not midlife, my friend. She she took a pill <laughs> in Ibiza. That's all we have to say. Oh, 100%. I mean, allegedly. All right. <laughs> Before we get ourselves into any more legal trouble, let's switch over and talk about The Real Housewives of Atlanta. We are on episode 11 of season 14. I think we're fair to say we're about halfway through the season. We've gotten... Did we, we When did we get a mid-season trailer? Was it this episode or last episode? I think it was like two episodes ago. ago. <laughs> We've got that. It was a pretty good mid-season trailer. As well. Oh no, it was amazing. It was all about the she by Sheree. Okay, that's exactly right. We we are only still skimming the surface of she by Sheree. Much like you know, the onion. Every week, a little bit more seems to be peeled off. This week, um, we learnt a couple of things on Atlanta, and also, did you see what was happening? offline slash online on Instagram. What was happening? With Miss Sheba Sheree. We, we did not put this in the word on the street. But Sheba Sheree has herself a new man. Oh, I did see that. The guy from um, Love and Marriage. Huntsville. Yes. Um, he, he's a, he is a slab of meat. Martel. Well, I mean, the concept of Love and Marriage Huntsville is, I haven't fully watched it, but it's like couples. And they've only just had their reunion. So he's very recently separated, I'm assuming. No, they had um they had the reunion for Love and Marriage. 
DC. DC, actually, you're absolutely right. My bad. But he is also helping her with She by Sheree. So he is part of the She by Sheree machine, apparently. But um, I thought it was really interesting this week to hear. I thought it was actually really great um, while we were in still away at the cabin to have Candy sort of imparting some wisdom to Sheree about her business. And I feel like, you know, Candy made a really amazing point, which is that She by Sheree is one of the most well-known brands that doesn't have a single product. And I was, I, I was like, about to say, it's the single, like, most well-known brand that doesn't exist. No, but that's, like, but the thing is, that's that's amazing, right? There's been, She by Sheree has been such a momentous kind of cloud that I think I think we we actually mentioned this the other week is we said Sheree should just bring out one thing it will sell out right because it's just at that point and she doesn't even need to go through like a retailer she can just do like what the Kardashians do and just create her own website and sell the thing so um, I do think that we that they're they're really making sure in the editing that they're building up to She by Sheree and they're dropping us little notes of what's happening with it every episode um so i mean it's keeping me hooked that is that is one storyline that's happening on housewives that is making me happy what's like the one sheet by charade item if she was gonna release it like that you'd be happy with what do you think the joggers i want the joggers (laughs) (laughs) what else is there (laughs) I feel like it would have to be for me like a like a, a she by Sheree tea strainer or something. That is so random. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, why would you want a tea strainer? But she just—that's the thing. She's just got to get it out. She's just got to sell something because she's she spills the tea. Because she, she's a bad no. server. Because she. Always Do you know what you would tea. want? You would want a bone. You want a she by Sheree bone. <laughs> Because she is the bone collector. The uh, the original. <laughs> and do you know what? Like all of these other bone connect- collectors, they're bad. Actually, I thought one of the things that I thought was interesting in this episode is the producers telling Sonia if she, asking Sonia if she's a bone collector. And, ooh, excuse me. And she said she's not a bone collector. She's a peacemaker and she tried to share what the difference was between a bone collector and a peacemaker because even she knows that she's rubbish at collecting the bones but she's rubbish at being a peacemaker exactly because she's a bone collector and a bad bone collector collector. but um that that was maybe another thing that made me laugh but aside from that i wanted to say overall this episode made me really sad and really frustrated and really annoyed. How did it leave you feeling? I mean, the buffoonery of it all. Buffoonery. Like, were you invested? Did you want to just, like, stop watching it? Um, no, I was like, why are we not getting in the cars and going to the gems? Like, let's just get in the car. Like, I don't know what's taking so long. So why were we not? getting in the cars and getting to the gems. Because Marlo and Kenya are are in this fight to be the queen of Atlanta. So it's really funny because for me, you know, 
I don't really like Kenya more. But I'm going to say that the reason that we didn't go and get the gems is got nothing to do with Kenya more and everything to do with Marlo Patrice Hampton. Also a prophet, but this time around, not a good one. What? Because she she's she's making it difficult. I think she was. I think... You know, she is breaking the cardinal rule of housewives is that it's okay if if one person wants to say, I'm not coming on the trip, that's fine. That's their choice to not film. But you are not allowed to actively prevent people from participating in the activities. That is the cardinal rule of housewives. I will have to say, though, Moshi... Unfortunately, I did find it to be icon behavior when she gathers the women at the towards the end of the episode and is like, I'm calling time on this vacation. Oh, the cancelling <laughs> of the trip is a whole other situation. I mean, that to me, like, the, it has never been done before. Iconic, like, uh, I just, I was living. I need to, I'm going to quote you now. I have to disagree with you there, Patrizio. <laughs> One of your favourite sayings. Um, I have to really disagree with you. I think that this was petulant, childish, brattish behaviour that has gone too far into the wrong direction and... Marlo needs to do something to bring it back. Like, I get it that she's trying to reign supreme by coming for the HBIC's crown to try and be the queen of Atlanta, but this is not the way to do it. And my thing about Marlo, and I love her, you know, I love Marlo, is that if she can just, like, get step out of her own way for a second she is going to have that amazing season she is this in this episode she did too much yeah i mean look i i can't disagree i can't disagree with you moshi <laughs> if there's something that is going to completely undo like all the hard work of these women to try and yeah. like redeem the you know last season it's going to be Marlo pulling these stunts. but And that's exactly what it is. It's a stunt gone wrong. And the thing for me is that we've been talking about so many positive things that came out of the franchise, which is like the women essentially unionising and doing their own promo photo shoots, right? We've seen them pretty much in every episode up until this episode, really trying to um, defuse situations and rally around each other because they don't want to, they're aware of perceptions and they want to start breaking that perception. And then one of the things that I've been thinking about is that, you know, Marlo has been on the show for 10 seasons without a peach. Part of the reason that she would have gotten a peach this season is those women would have advocated for her. I mean, we already know. We already know that, like, um, that we we know that the women on these shows don't call the shots. Like, they don't have the final decision. But there are definitely housewives on specific franchises, flagships, that do their opinion does matter, and their advocacy does matter. Um, I think if. 
yeah, I, I, I think on some level they all would have had to say, well, not all, but maybe like Candy, Kenya would have had to have been like, yes, bring Marlo back on the show. I don't know. Did you listen to? Did you listen to her interview though with Carlos King? Marlo's. I did. I, I just don't get the sense that Marlo thinks that any of the women were ready, really like ready to support her taking a peach on the I, show. I disagree. I think that's what Marlo wants to believe because Ma. I think I think I think that that is a better that's a better perspective for her to have to hold her grudge against people. Um, With Marlo, I see like a lot of, of, I hate myself. I'm sounding, I'm a non-therapist therapizing, but I see a lot of avoidant behavior and, and, and it makes perfect sense. She's someone who's always had to fight for everything that she has and she's never had support. And so it is really hard to even know what it looks like when people are supporting you and advocating for you if you're only used to people, you know, putting you down and and being jealous. Like, truly, if Mar- if they did not want Marlo Hampton to be on that show as a peach holder, she wouldn't have a peach holder. They wouldn't do scenes with her, Patrizia. They just wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. Look, I, I have more confidence in like Sheree and Candy sort of being like, oh, you want to bring Marlo on the show? Like, yep, I'll work with her and all the rest of it. I think it's people like Kenya that honestly, like, you know, would have accepted it because they would have just, you know, trying to revive what's going on. But I just don't think that Kenya truly was like, I'm willing to work with Marlo. I think Kenya was, and I think she was willing to give Marlo a shot, but I just think she had a limit and it was reached. I, I also do think that Kenya portrays some really poor and bad behaviour. I'm not completely excusing Kenya, but she is trying to have some real conversations with Marlo and Marlo is not wanting to hear what other people have to say. And that's why she spits the dummy. She cancels a whole trip because she says none of those women are there to support her. We know, we have watched Sheree, we have watched um, Sanya go in for for Marlo. This is what makes me believe that Marlo really doesn't know what it looks like when people back her up. It is there on film. They are seeing her do it. And she is still saying that people are not advocating for her in her corner. Because whatever it is that Marlo wants, people are not hitting that level. And that's why I just don't think that Marlo knows what it looks like when people do try to support her. But I, I think, though, that, like, it wasn't so much that she didn't feel that the group, like, overall was supportive of her, that it was sort of like that the purpose of the trip was she needed a break. She wants to just go and have fun and have a good time. But what's happened instead is... Her and Kenya have gone, like, off the rails, and that's a disaster. But then you've got people like Drew who have also started to instigate drama with, you know, people in the group too. Like, it's no longer a fun trip at this point. Like, it's just, like, it's become hard work. And that's not what Marlo wants. That's actually not even what I want as a viewer to watch. Like, I don't want to have to feel like I'm, like, you know, slugging through, like, what's meant to be a fun cast trip. I'm sorry, the people who have made it, we are, we are going in. The people who have made it not fun are Marlo, 
And and I agree with you, like the Fatum and Drew stuff, but that is like baby, that's like baby banter to me. That's like a blip, you know what I'm saying? So can we talk about the Drew and the Fatum? <laughs> if you want to know who I think is kind of a bit crazy and iconic, it's Fatum. You know I love me an African on Housewives, especially uh, East African. So, I mean, okay, there are two things that I want to address. Oh. But first of all, the way that Drew pulled out a dog bone threw it out to me. And then they said, Drew, do you even have a dog? And Drew was like, I used to. She doesn't even have a dog. She's been holding the dog bone waiting for the dude. And then barking at her. <laughs> barking. <laughs> That was like, that was, that's what I want to see. I want to see people barking. I want to see people throwing bones. That was actually funny. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure if you saw this interview, but Fatoum was on Candy's like. Oh, of course she was. YouTube series. I think it was, oh, right? Fatoum. And Fatoum said that basically after that, Point, um, we don't see her again on the show until the She by Sheree party of for the course. finale, right? Because Drew went to production and said, I do not feel physically safe when Fatoum is around. Like, I think that she's going to attack me and I refuse to film if she's going to be on the show. And so Fatoum was basically banned from being on the show. Um, that, I mean, this is all allegedly because... I think Fatoum, we believe it. I think we know it's legit. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, look, I'm sure there's a lot of truth to it. And Fatoum was kind of, you know, like it was like something that she had heard. Um, but, you know, like uh, the way that Drew, like, has done this to Fatoum. And I, I think, like, again, as well, like Carlos King met with Sh- um Sheree, right? Um, and or Sheree spoke about the fact that she brought on her friend um, to the show and the friends of in Atlanta have a really tough time. Like, and that's what Marlo experienced for so many years, that, they, you know, you're, you're not a real peach. No, you're not. But Fatoum also went off a Drew. She did, uh, I, I mean, it could also just be the edit, but, like, she did maybe go to 10 when she only needed to go to 6 or 7 because I do believe that when you're a friend of, you need to know your station. <laughs> yeah, but for Tomb, she's, she, it's just not her. I just, I, I can tell it's just not her to know her station. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. I think there's a couple of things. So if you're going on as a friend of, there are two types of friend ofs, right? There's the friend of who's itching or essentially auditioning to be a mainstay like Tracy was on New Jersey. And there's a friend of who is just happy to be a friend of. And you need to figure out which one you want to be. And if you're the one who wants to eventually be a housewife, then fucking know your station. But do you think Fatoum was um, auditioning or just happy to be there? Oh, she was auditioning, honey. That's why she went straight to 100. She thought that that's what she had to give, and it didn't work out. That's why we got the the, the coochie, coochie cleansing. 100%. I also think that she is going for Drew because Drew is the weak. She thinks Drew is the weakest link, right, out of that group. But, I, like, Drew is ready to play now. She's ready to, like, rumble in the jungle. She, she's here for it. 
So just to go back to Marlowe then, um, I guess early on in the Atlanta season, I was sort of saying, like, I'm a bit worried that Marlowe yeah. is doing too much too soon and this is going to be bad news for her long-term peach holding you were right. position. You, do you, have, you, have you come around to that thought, that, that train of thought? It's a weird one for me. I don't think so. I still stand by. I'm, I'm the worst. I still stand by that I don't think she's doing too much. I think she was just being Marlo. And I potentially think that she's still just being Marlo, but this is just a side of Marlo that we haven't seen because she has been giving us extra layers every week. You know, one of the things that I cannot take away from Marlo is that she has let us all the way in to finding out who she is and we are seeing more of her than we ever saw as a friend of for 12 seasons and that's a huge feat to still be able to bring something after all of that time just waiting in the wings um but I just think that whatever this version of herself is that she's bringing to the table and maybe it's just who she authentically is it's giving Dorinda it's giving like stop Moshi, as you would say, that was a yes or no question. <laughs> well, my answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so it's kind of, you know, like, I guess doing too much, but is this also hindering her ability to be the HBIC over Kenya? Well, she, she'll never – so here is the, the thing, and I have – it's taken me a really long time oh to get God. to this position. I don't know but if I'm ready to hear this unfortunately, unfortunately, unless it's Nene Leakes, no one will ever be the HBIC over Kenya. Wow. It's, it's, just, it's just not feasible. It's just not possible. She is too good at Housewives. She's like clock the game. So can... Can Marlo and Kenya exist in the same in the same universe then? They can, but Marlo unfortunately will never be HBIC of this situation. That said, I do see a spin-off in Marlo's future, a hundred percent. At home with the Hamptons, it's coming. It's coming. <sighs> At home with the Hamptons, mark my words. I just, I hate it because, like, I don't think I, that Kenya should have to leave so that Marlo can sort of, you know, really flourish. Kenya's I, never going to leave. She's not leaving Housewives. I know, but, like, I also just think that, like, that, that tension between Marlo and Kenya is just, it's the same as Portia and Kenya, right? It's mm-hmm. just, like, we've kind of just taken Portia out and put Marlo in because it's the same, it's the same power struggle. I, unfortunately, I hate to say this, Kenya works best when she does have an enemy or a frenemy. But the difference is, and we spoke about this really early on when we were even at La Archive, Kenya has made a decision to not give in to not give Marlo the scenes, to not give Marlo what she wants. She's going to make Marlo really work for it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if I had to decide who is going to win, Kenya is going to win ultimately. Marlo will quit. I don't think Marlo also has the, I don't think she has the endurance and stamina and Kenya has it. 
I know. It's rough. How much? So we think we're, well, how many episodes do you think we've got to go? Perhaps there's only seven or eight to go then. Yeah, I think we'll get like a 18 episode season. So we've got, what's next? So Marlo's cancelled this trip then. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which means that Jamaica is around the corner. Yeah, we're going to get Jamaica. We're going to get She by Sheree. Okay. Well, Moshi, is there anything else that you're thinking about Atlanta right now that you'd like to share with the audience? I just need it to get out of this weird, dark place and I need more light back. I need more Monietta. I need, there's some other good friends of here. I need more. Monietta did have her own confessional this week. I know, and she looked great. And what did she say? She has lived in Atlanta this whole time and she has never been around women like this. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that too. All right. Well, Moshi, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the rich ladies, Beverly Hills and Dubai. I just want to say I hate the implication here that none of the other ladies are rich. That was racist, Patrizio, and that's how we're ending. See ya. At the end of the break, of the previous part of this podcast, before we went to break, I I implied that I thought that some ladies were richer than others. I mean, that's not what the implication was. The implication was that some people are rich and some people are not rich. And I I would argue that that's mostly true um but i did not mean it in a way that was that it may have come across see i think that it's not not true i think some people are rich and flaunt their wealth some people are poor and flaunt their wealth and then we have candy burris who is smart and that's your hot take for the week washi it's facts that's that's like straight facts but I digress. What are we talking about? We're talking Beverly Hills. It's episode 12 of season 12, um, and it's the holidays, Moshi. It's Christmas until January 6th. Where were you on January 6th? Moshi, I just want to say that I'm a huge believer that January 6th is the end of Christmas. Is that why? I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Because when you count the 12 days of Christmas, the, the carol itself, the 25th of December to the 6th of January, that's the 12 days right there. Did you literally just do the math on that or did you have that no, sitting this in your is, back pocket? No, this is my, no, this is just facts with Patrizio. But I digress. The real gift of this episode was that Kathy Hilton is she, back. And again, once again, we only need sound bites. We only need snippets and she delivers what we need. Do you think do you think she had met Cherie before? No. She was just she was she she definitely hasn't. And the best bit is that Cherie was the exact right type of person for her to like have this pretend faux pas with because Kathy was just being like playing like identity, not identity politics, but she was just doing like the thing that you do. She's like, we're filming a show. We're all part of the same group. I'm just going to act and pretend that we know each other. But the way Cherie was just like, we have never met. But that conversation, it was, that was poetry in motion. It was beautiful. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, the fact is that she knew that Cherie had joined the cast and that's why she knew who she was and that's why she said hello, <laughs> Cherie. Like, and that's fine. But that's the thing. 
we can't we can't break the fourth wall. So Kathy just had to pretend that she knew her. <laughs> but I wonder if as well, maybe like she was YouTubing or Googling Sheree. And you know it's like you know that thing where like you see I don't know if this has ever happened to you because I know you don't often know popular celebrities, shade. But you know when like people like you see somebody famous and you're like don't I know you? Didn't we go to school together? And they're like, no, 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 I'm famous. I'm on a television show or something like that. So it could have been one of those things where Kathy had done so much research, she felt like she knew Sheree because I would 100% just go up to Kathy Hilton and say, Kathy, it's so good to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I have a true experience with exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I, think, I think we've all done it at <laughs> one time or another. Um, and then the way that she plays hide and seek <laughs> with Kyle's hand back. So that Kyle stays. Do you know what? It was It was so, I mean, I'm glad that they caught that all on film, but I think, like, that levity was so needed in this episode because the rest of the episode was pr- pretty cringe and a bit depressing, but... One thing that I did think that came out of this is we're starting to get some storyline progression. Mm, yeah, I honestly couldn't watch. I was, like, watching with, like, my hands covering my eyes and just sort of looking out the side for the first ten minutes of this episode. I was having flashbacks to David Foster, Yolanda situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, I was like, why are we allowing singers to sing? when we know the housewives want to sing. But you want to know the weirdest thing is 100% Erica releases a Christmas album, 100%. How do you feel about, like, the co-host singing at their own event? I personally find that it's a bit weird. When you're actually a singer, like, that's your job, I think you're allowed to provide the entertainment. See, Dorit knows that she's not the singer. So Boy George does the performing at their house. That's what I mean. But, like, have we ever seen Candy start singing one of her songs at, like, any of her events? No. I just, I don't know how I feel about, like... I think we have. (laughs) I think we've seen Candy insert her numerous professions into every single episode of The Real Housewives that she's been on. No, but not actually to, like, host a party and then be like pull the microphone out and then start singing one of her own. Like, I just don't think I've ever seen it. But does she have any hits at the moment? Legs and hips. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, the way she's going to start pulling that song out soon. But anyway, look, Erica Jane, we can't not talk about her. This was... Can't we not? (laughs) Sorry, I'm kidding. The way that it just... It just... She needs to stop drinking, and I'm glad that she acknowledges that at some point during this episode. But, like... But does she stop drinking? I, I mean, she's this. She's there for a good time. Um, she gets so drunk at this Christmas party that it's actually really uncomfortable to watch her talk to people. So here's the thing, though. It's not that she is so drunk. She is mixing alcohol and prescription medication. So she's a whole different level of intoxicated. 
And then she has to start talking to Kathy Hilton. And my question to you, Moshi, is do you think that Paris or Nikki even think about Erica Jane? No. <laughs> and that's the level of delusion when she was like, apologize to Paris and Nikki. Like, I feel like I've let them down. I'm like, sweetie, they don't even like know who you are. But she is in a very low place. I mean, rightfully so. I don't know if you had a similar takeaway because we often have slightly different takeaways, but one of the things that has been troubling everyone is that Erica Jane does not know how to read a room, right? And up until this point, I haven't been able to ascertain, like, what is her agenda? Okay, we get it. She's carefree Erica. She's, like, throwing caution to the wind. She's openly talking about being depressed and all of those things. But in this episode, you're absolutely right. She she does so many cringe work. She gets incredibly intoxicated and does so many cringe-worthy things from the way she speaks to Crystal, to her singing at um, while... Whatever is Asha and his hair going off. Um, but I think oh, this is so hateful. And and then, you know, the people who are able to talk to her and mediate the situation are Rina and um and Mikey, which I which I mean Mikey I love. Mikey can do no wrong. But for me, Rina coming to Erica's defense. Or, or being the voice of reason. My question to you is, if you're as cynical as me, like why do you think it's happening now and it wasn't happening last season? In, in what do you mean, though? Because I think Erica of this season is very different to Erica of last season. 100%. But I also think that Erica and Rina, like Rina are like and I just hate saying this, I'm struggling to articulate it because I don't want it to be true, but I think that there is, like, a very concerted effort where it's, like, because other people have been trying to talk to um, Erica about her behaviour and she's been ignoring them, but I think that Rina and Erica saw how unpopular they were after last season, that they're both trying to change kind of this public perception of themselves. So, I, I mean, I definitely do think that Erica is going through a really dark period in her life and is self-medicating. But this Rina coming in as the saviour on the screen and, you know, being the only one who can get through to her and who is really, really caring. I'm like, if you were really, really caring, honey, you would have done this off camera. You would have done it ages ago if she is your best friend. Um, so for me, it's like they're co-producing a storyline here and giving Rina a reason to still be on the show because, let's face it, she doesn't have one. Um, and for me, it's just, oh, it's just all so fake. I can't take it. <sighs> I don't think I'm too dissimilar to your thought process here. I think that, first of all, there's something weird going on between Lisa, Rina and Erica. And I think we've sort of said this the whole time. Like, why is Eric, uh, why is Lisa, Rina so defensive of, like, Erica? We saw it last season. It was sort of like, what does she have on? 
you know, what does she have on Erica? What does Erica have on Lisa Rinna? Remember then when that whole rumor came out as well that like Lisa Rinna's like lip liners were like funded with Erica Jane's money? Like, you know, there's something. I, there's... So I do believe that they are just genuinely like best friends and they really like each other. But my my issue with the two of them is that they're just pure evil. No, so I think there's something more going on. Like, I thought it was, like, weird, this whole, like, talk about how Erica was, like, you know, I'm really inspired by Amelia and, like, Rina. Like, I just sort of, like, I just, there's something going on there that we're not getting the full story on. But honestly, that scene that you're talking about where Lisa Rina comes over and it's Erica, Mikey and Rina, and Rina's like, listen, you can't do the the alcohol and the pills. And Erica was like, yes, I understand. To me, that was a hundred percent set up. Yeah, hundred percent. But I don't think it's for. I don't think it's to make Rina look better. I think it's actually more so to sort of like exonerate Erica. Right? It gives Erica the opportunity to be like, "Oh, I, I, I get it. Like the alcohol and the pills that don't mix. That's why I said all those crazy things because it was the pills mixing with the alcohol. It's not because I'm actually just a deeply offensive person and like, you know, triggering people who have eating disorders and all the rest of it. Right. I think it was kind of like this trying to repair for me. I felt like it was more trying to repair Erica's reputation than it was trying to give Lisa Rinna like a hero edit or anything Fair like that. Enough. I'm going to add another caveat to this storyline that I just, in my cynical mind, thought of just then. I think that Erica is not as out of it as she is when she's behaving badly. I think she is putting some of it on and to create to create a bit more of a storyline. And, I mean, the woman is an actress and I believe that... Um, she's using it as a license to be mean. Do you know what I mean? I would, I mean, I would argue if you have to tell everyone how drunk you are, perhaps you are not, not that, that drunk at all. at all. And to be honest, when you are that blackout drunk, how there is no way you're remembering what you did. And I hate how she says, I'm so lit. People don't say oh. that anymore. Nisa, yeah, but, but people like Erica do. So she's the exact, the sort of right person that should be saying it. Um, I also want to just say one more thing that's been really troubling me about Erica is this whole, like, how Kyle is like, I have never seen this behaviour from, like, Erica before, but more so in, like, when she, like, gets pissed off. You know, they did, like, I've seen it on the Instagrams, the memes, and they're like, Erica, she's never been so unhinged, and then they show, like, when she practically in Hong Kong and, like, yeah, it's like... (laughs) It's sort of like, I'm really, like, I get what this, I get what Kyle's saying. Like, you know, she's definitely let go. And we haven't seen this side of Erica. If she is 100% truly drunk and all the rest of it or intoxicated, like, we we haven't seen it. And that's probably why also Moshi, we're kind of like, what the hell's going on here? Like, is this really her? Like, what's going, like, you know, because we just haven't seen this behavior from her. No, you know, the, the, the horrible Fox 5, whatever they're called, got together they made some really specific, I think we know that they had 
one of their clubhouse meetings and they decided what the storylines are going to be. And they all decided ahead of time that this season they're going to push this agenda of, excuse me, I'm very burpy. It's all the freaking LaCroix. I'm drinking so much LaCroix. I'm down to one my last can. Um, It's all, their agenda was we're going to, you know, let Erica be carefree. Um, I, I think the, you know, they're going to be like, you know, we're going to be mean to Kat, to Kathy. Um, they, yeah, they're like, we're going to continue to bring down Sutton. Like Sutton is number one on their hit list. And they're like, and we're going to use Diana Jenkins to do it. Like it's everything that they do just feels like bullshit. And as much as like, you know, Garcelle is like a pot star to the max, I love when she calls out their bullshit. Like, you know, Erica, I mean, Kyle was saying while they're at the Christmas party, yeah, but, you know, she's just being carefree. We need to let, let her off the hook. And Garcelle was like, I don't need to. You might need to, but I don't need to cut her any slack. And, you know, Kyle doesn't know what to say back to that because it's the truth. It's like, Kyle, stop producing. You're looking like Boo Boo the Fool. Yeah, I, it, like, I think we can cut her some slack if she is being intoxicated and fun and carefree and all the rest of it, but she's actually being incredibly offensive along the Correct. way, and that's, like, where the issue lies. Um, what did you think about Erica and Garcelle's conversation and Erica saying to Garcelle, I think that Sutton, you need to worry about Sutton. I think that Sutton is a liability for you. To me, that felt so loaded and really cemented for me that they have an agenda against Sutton. I'll agree with that. I think it was, yeah, really interesting to hear how she was like, um, like, I'm glad you have Cherie with you now. 100%. That was so, like, because we're not with you and you needed someone. It's so bizarre, right? I don't just, I just don't understand it. It's. It goes to show that they're, like, Erica thinks this is an acting thing and she's not being real. Or if this is who she really is, she's not a nice person. Well. <laughs> I don't think she is a nice person. <laughs> no. I, God, I was I just sounded so naive then, didn't I? Uh, it's just you know, the more the more stories that come out and the more we see, it's just sort of like perhaps it would have been a good idea not to be on the show anymore. Like it's giving it's giving like Jen Shah parting it up, like pretending to be innocent, but she needs to be on the show though because she has bills to pay. Um, well, that's why she's got her hairline now. So I, I, I think the hairline is a good job for her. I, I'm not against that. I'm like, I think she should also look at doing a line of joggers. I think that would be something that would work for her. Um, but the thing that I don't re- know if she realizes is that. The more she is anti-Sutton, the more people are going to like Sutton. Because when you, because even when Sutton does dumb shit and Sutton is careless with her words and Sutton has done some stuff that is not great, but when you come and you compare it to Erica Jane, Sutton looks, Sutton looks like butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. And so 
it's just for me, it's such a weird flex because it's not doing, it's not going the way you think it's going, sweetie. And I don't think she gets that. And I think it's also very disingenuous when we see Erica make some inroads with Sutton and they're kind of like friendly together. But then she's pulling this stunt of like Sutton is a liability. It's sort of like you can't you can't play both sides. You either got to be against Sutton or you got to be friends with her. You can't be playing it both ways. But they're so dumb because when it comes to being a great bone collector, that is one thing Garcelle is. And Garcelle is going to tell her BFF Sutton. I will say that the trailer for next week did look really good. Oh, 100%. Um, speaking of Sutty, she had COVID and she had Christmas all by herself. Would you have risked catching COVID to spend the holidays with Sutton? Absolutely not. Oh, really? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> I like how, I mean, I like how Garcelle was kind of like on TV being like, yeah, I might go to her house even though she's positive. And I was like, I, I, I don't think that's allowed. Like, no, but it was been in this country. It was when there was this whole immune, like when it was before this current wave, when immunity was a real thing, where if you have recently had COVID, because Garcelle had COVID like the week before then you, you know, you had a good three months before you could catch it again. So it was like, ah, I'm immune. Um, I'm superhuman. But, I mean, still, the best thing is to not go hang out with your friend. But also it was Christmas and she was all alone. I mean, I kind of forget that, like, because it's been a crazy six months, but that was the huge Omicron wave. It was right before Christmas. And the amount of people who did, like, literally have their Christmas plans, their New Year plans, like, completely, like, destroyed from either being positive or being told that they were a close contact, Mm. like, literally, like, hours before Christmas in some cases. So... I mean, Sutton's experience is, like, I would have to say, the experience of many, many people out there. I did love, though, that she contacted all of her exes. I do like it when Sutton just does unhinged things. But that's relatable, (laughs) How many... I I mean, look, maybe I shouldn't assume... You know me, when when I get rid of you, I get rid of you. But did you receive any messages from exes gone by in the last two years? Like, yes, <laughs> because it's it, it's the time to do it. Like the world is ending. Who am I? I hope you're okay. I'm thinking of you. You were the one that got away. Oh, like, gross. That girl, and you know what? I love it because it's it's us. She's on our level. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. Um, but she did actually go on a date with Sajid, who I just think sounds like a really cool dude. He was on Jeopardy. He's, I already like him. I mean, I salute these men who are on a second or a third date and agree to go on the show. Um, like, he is a trooper for doing it. Can I just say, though, I think when you live in Los Angeles, like, I think it's just par for the course. Yeah, but can you imagine Sutton having called him beforehand, being, like, in her, like, southern accent, like, I'm not even going to try to attempt one, no, but, like, it, you know, like, it, <laughs> she would have been like, hi there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you would mind, but c- could we have the camera? Stop, 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 stop. 
Well, he's already beat on. He's already signed the waiver. The moment that we <laughs> saw his face on Mumble, on that FaceTime I mean, call, he's I already guess it, given permission. It could have been blurred. Okay, that was a decision made later. But um, no, that's that's when we knew he was going to pop up because he has signed the waiver at that point. I. I just, um, yeah, like I salute him for, for doing it because it is uncomfortable and he did look uncomfortable. Um, but the way that she was just like, she's dating this Indian man and she just doesn't like Spice. I'm like, I don't know how this story ends, Washi. True. But I also want to say, let's not, like, I know that Sajid is culturally, ethnically, perhaps Indian or from that region, but it sounds to me like he was possibly, like, just born in California as well. So I don't think we have to assume that he eats spice because I know a lot of people who are from spicy regions who do not eat spice. Yeah, but Moshi, like, she was just straight up, like, bumbo, it's not going to happen. And I'm sure... I'm actually more disappointed that Sutton actually being from the South and not eating spice because it's not really about spice. It's actually more about flavour. So I am very shook that Sutton is not into flavour. You know what she's probably also not into? IBS. (laughs) And if you haven't grown up eating it, it's not going to go through the body very well. Even when you have grown up eating it, it's not going to go through the body very well. Um, I just want to, before we wrap up this, I want to give an Academy Award to possibly the greatest actress who has ever been on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we've had a lot. But this woman has helped manage to help Jamie Lee Curtis sellout of wind chimes last week. This meme of Dorit, like Dorit is the meme queen of Beverly Hills, but Dorit's so chic, like all of those products sold. Jamie Lee Curtis knew exactly what she was doing, being on Housewives. But this week, Dorit literally pulled a storyline out of the sky. But the headlines, Kyle. I can't believe it's in the headlines. Kyle, what's in the headlines? <laughs> like, nobody is talking about PK's DUI but Dorit. I am 100% telling you, nobody was calling Dorit and saying they'd seen PK's. No one. I, you know what? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to just take you back. Remember when, um, when Dorit was initially, you know, the home the home invasion and then the DUI did come out and I'm sure if we roll back the tapes, there is us discussing that, like, here was just another storyline for the show. But I think the irony of it all now, watching it, is that there was, in fact, no storyline <laughs> from all of this. And she literally did have to do this thing of, like, but did you see the storyline that I'm trying to like push? And Kyle was like, Do you want to know? Do you want to know why there was a headline? Do you want to know who leaked the story? Dorito. Dorito. She learnt from Lisa Vanderpump. Like, but for me, it was just the fact that like we're not even hiding the fact that she's pulling things out of thin air now. 
like Kai, if Kyle doesn't, if Kyle has not been given the heads up on what the storyline is, but the fact that Dorit just like keeps talking as if everybody knows what the headline is. I mean, hats off. Kudos to Dorito. She is keeping, kudos to Dorito. She's keeping herself on the show, Patrizio. So she's a hustler. I'll give her that much. This is very true. I mean, but the struggle is real. The struggle is so real. I'm like, girl, do what you got to do. Get yours. I'm over it now. I'm just like, ugh, these women. (laughs) But I will say her new confessional look gowns beautiful gowns oh i mean look if there's one thing we can't fault her on it's the looks she is i i think she is wearing a lot of dolce and gabbana and they're still persona non grata to me so mm, no rina's new pink confessional look not a fan i don't i could not give a shit about whatever lisa rina oh, is wearing okay and there and there's the mess there's the facts honey there's the facts <laughs> Well, Moshi, let's talk then. Um, I mean, what a week. See, <laughs> season one, more. episode seven of Real Housewives of Dubai. We're almost through all of the housewives. Thank God there's no new new franchise started this <laughs> week. Um, it's it's the the engagement, it's the wedding, it's the the fashion show. But it, you know what? It's not, Patrizio. It's not the last episode of the season. I kind of like that it's not the last episode. Like, I feel like we would be giving Stanbury, like, too much, like, power by giving her wedding the final episode. You know what I no, mean? No, like, and that makes me happy. That That is one of the takeaways. But I just feel so, like, okay, this is interesting. There's more. That I I mean her wedding didn't even get like a full episode on its no, own. It, really it got didn't. like ten minutes. It didn't it got like a blip. Like we saw like hardly anything of her wedding, if I'm honest. But I think that has a lot to do with COVID and just whatever. No, I think that's just probably got to do with there was nothing to nothing to see here. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I guess what's more to come like obviously you know the fact is that it couldn't have been a finale because not all the women were at the wedding right? Correct. so like you can't close it all out if they're not even all together um and there's obviously still drama right because the, the wedding the engagement like brooks storms out so there's still unresolved drama in this group yeah um, so do you want to get into, let's just talk quickly about the engagement, which is sort of like the start of this episode, yes. Sarah versus Brooks. I mean, this whole thing is just a mess. And then I love that like Ayan comes in and is like, hello, <laughs> I want to be involved in this. Um, whose side are you on here after all of that we've seen now? So I, I know we discussed this last week and I said I was on Brooks' side and I think I am still mostly on Brooks's side. I think what, because we've sort of ended the feud in this episode, I think both of them are just wrong. I, I just, I do think the way that Brooks has spoken to everyone is disgusting and wrong. Um, but I do think that there is some validity in Sarah kind of 
thinking that she is a bit better than everybody else. I do think that all of her advice comes from a good place, but it's just the moments where she says stuff like, and you can be like me and you can do this. I think there is this sense of arrogance from her that is a bit off-putting and I, and I would feel that way. So I, I kind of think she's a bit of a know-it-all. Yeah, I but I think at the end of the day, Brooks asked for an opinion and that's what she got and she didn't like what she heard and like I, I agree with that too. So, you know, I'm I'm sorry here, yeah, I'm definitely on Sarah's side. But I do get it. I do see that there is that sort of like air of better than thou, right? Coming from Sarah. Yeah, I, but I will also think I do also think that the Sarah's text message in the group channel. I think all of that stuff is dumb. I think that that is contradicts who Sarah says she is. And that's and that's the thing that trips me up about a housewife. The moment you contradict yourself, that's when like I don't care what you do, I'm probably never going to like you because you're not being authentic. Hmm. Do you think that the lack of authenticity has to do with why people are just like not resonating with the real housewives of Dubai because there's a lot of people who are saying it is a flop franchise. So there's a few things that I think people aren't. And and when I say people are not enjoying it, for me, it seems to be mostly Americans because I think for the, this is actually the first time that they're getting like an international show live as opposed to being like there is something a little bit different about like being able to like watch say like Real Housewives of Melbourne and stream every episode or Sydney do you know what I mean as opposed to like this franchise is in the mix it's amongst the other big players and so I think number one that that is tough because they're not seeing it as a as a separate universe, they're seeing it very much as part of like the American housewives universe. I think the other side of it is that I think it was built up a lot to, and, and, and I think part of that was also like the Stanbury of it all. And I don't think she's really delivered. I don't think she's being a great housewife. Um, And I think there is also just some, I think I think Dubai, the Real House of Dubai, makes Americans feel uncomfortable. Um, I think they don't know they don't know what to do with having such a diverse cast. Like they, I just think that they they're not ready for it. I just don't think that they understand it. And because they're you know third eye, so to speak, they don't have that openness. Like I think Americans are very used to seeing things in black or white, not literally, but figuratively. And I think Dubai is so grey, it's so out of the realm of what they're used to that I just don't think they know what to do with it. It's too ethnic for them. I think, though, that there is something lacking in Dubai. The more that I think about it, like, I enjoy watching it, but there there is, like, a lack of, I don't know, like, depth. Like, Nina, like, I don't know what I'm getting there. Yeah, I think it definitely started off strong and it, it fizzled out very quickly. Um, and I think that not all, not all the housewives, they, they, the cast is not balancing it out in the right way. It feels really disconnected, disjointed. 
Yeah, I think, like, even, like, Sarah, like, we got a lot of Sarah at the start, but she's kind of, like, again, yeah, fizzled and sort of, like, melted into the background. Um, Lisa Milan, even, like, I don't know. like Yeah, she's sort of disappeared, star, right? Yeah, it's definitely starting to focus on people who I feel like, you know, yeah, the Stanbury and the Brooks situation. It's the Carolines, which I don't know if they are. And I think Brooks is doing the most. I think Brooks is doing the most. I think Brooks is bad for the show, and I think she can be off the show. I said, I've said that before. As much as, like, I don't I, – I, I see her side on this whole Sarah Diani situation, but I think that she's not doing it right. In this episode, though, she has her mum in Dubai, and you know what? I was sort of like – I think she's actually really compelling. I think there's a lot there, but yeah, she isn't going about it in the right way that actually makes like it. It's it's she's shot herself in the foot, I think. So the the part that I think that is compelling and is there is the part that she is unwilling to show. Yes, and the, and, and or she like yeah gets caught up and then sort of like freaks out, has these massive meltdowns, screams at everyone. No, no, I think she's deliberately hiding parts of herself, like. There is some truth, I think, to, like, I mean, I'm starting to really be interested in what this lifestyle is in Dubai, but I think there is something to people going to Dubai to start again to reinvent themselves, right? And, you know, I think very early on the piece, you know, Brooks was wearing coloured contacts. Now, I don't know if I've ever told you about the colour contacts theory, but don't ever trust somebody who wears coloured contacts, <laughs> especially somebody who is not Caucasian and is, like, trying to have blue eyes. That's, that's, there's a lot to unpack just in that, right? I mean, Moshi, uh, her home was Honduras and her outside was Massachusetts. But, um, but I, but I do think that, I mean, and I think it's, it's, you know, for immigrant kids or, or, people who have grown up as the child of immigrants, you are often straddling multiple cultures. I mean, look at you, Patrizia. I mean, how long have you been in this country? <laughs> Sorry. I had to do our little, a little intro. Two weeks. <laughs> Correct answer. But, um, you know, you are often straddling so many different cultures. And then I think there is something enticing then about being able to come to Dubai that is this melting pot where you can start again and you're no longer, I guess, maybe that like working class kid, you know, refugee kid or immigrant kid from Boston, especially being in Massachusetts and being black, like that would have been tough on its own. So um, I think there is some, and I think what we're seeing is her trying to hide kind of her life and trying to show how much she's changed. And I think whenever you're wrestling with so much, internal struggle and internal hate you always show the worst side of yourself i the one thing i found really interesting was when she asked her mom like but like what do you think about like how i'm raising my son i think that was more or less the question right and the mom was like you've got the right idea but like i guess you have to do it how you think like you should right Mm. and i i really wanted her mom in that moment to sort of be like how I raised you, like, is not how I would have raised you today. Hundred percent. And and that's what I needed to hear from Brooks's mum. It's not what we exactly got, 
because it's sort of like, I think, you know, like how each generation raises their kids. Like it was probably, you know, it was, a, it was of the time and, you know, you can raise a child to have the same values in a very different way, yeah. which I think is what Brooks is like missing here in this whole conversation. I, I think Brooks is going through her own little metamorphosis but is coming off toxic. Um, and I think that she is really struggling to figure out, like, in her, I think she's, you know, in her mind she has one way that she kind of wants her life to be. You know, her whole thing, like, she wants to send her son to boarding school because she thinks that that's the right thing to do now that she's, you know, I guess a different class level. She has more different money than the way she grew up and she thinks, like, she thinks, like, that's something that she missed out on. So she wants her kid to have that opportunity. But I, I don't think she's fully seeing the complexity of what all of that means. Um, I, I think her heart is in the right place. But, yeah, I think she's struggling with a lot of stuff. And I do agree with you. That could be really compelling. But she just does not know how to present it right. Not at all. Um, well, let's get back to the wedding drama. So I guess Ayan is only at the engagement because she does have uh, the fashion show for the wedding. Mm. Um, but it's a big talking point about how um, she has come dressed more like a bride than the actual bride herself. She has Stanbury has her own little hot mic moment with her old mate Juliet from Ladies of London. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's it's just like Stanbury has this magical power, right, where she gets all the people in her circle, like Juliet, to, like, to come in and fight her fights for her. To do her dirty work so she can walk away, so she can be proven correct. It's With the rehearsed shade as well. Oh, and, you know... It's so, it's so gross. I, it was really interesting, I thought, in the post-wedding scene where they're at the lunch and Lisa and Ayan join. And we've also got, what's the hairstylist's name who's also friends with Dorinda? Luke. Luke. Um, and we've also got Luke and Juliet. That You know, Ayan is in the middle of both of them. And they're both trying to educate Ayan on how she should behave with Caroline. And I think they don't get it. Like, I, I think Lisa Milan was 100% correct when she said, you know, that um, Caroline's friends would not last in Dubai. Yes, they're basic, but Caroline is not the HBIC in Dubai. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't have that weight. Like, And it's so interesting because to me, when they are like, you know, trying to coach Ayan and Lisa on how to behave around Caroline, I think it completely backfires. And I think obviously they haven't also watched the season, so they have no idea about, I think, all the other facets of their lives and how they interact. And I actually, I was watching that and I was wondering if any of the ladies of London are watching that back now and going, you mean we didn't have to kiss the ring? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Yeah, but I think London and Dubai are two very different places. And I think perhaps you might have had to have kissed the ring in London, I, but in Dubai. I think Caroline Stanbury oversold her position when she was in London. Because if she was really that on top in London, she would have stayed. 
But remember, the whole premise of as well of Ladies of London is that they were aspiring the Americans to be a Caroline Sanbury. What I think they're aspiring to be what they thought Caroline Stanbury was, but Caroline Stanbury at that point was already a woman who had been. They should have been aspiring to be an Annabelle, not a Caroline Stanbury. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. I think the greatest thing in all of this, though, is that the Chanel Ayan of episode one or two would have been incredibly bothered by all of this. Yeah. But now she just, like, takes it in her stride. When they're like, you came, like, dressed like the bride. She's just like, I'm a black woman. Like, I am not the bride. I am like, you know, and you knew you invited me. So if you knew that you invited me, why did you not know to dress more than what I would be? You know, Correct. Unbothered queen. She's an unbothered queen. The way she comes in that pink dress. I mean, but I think the thing about Chanel Ayan is that she has figured out her lane already at this point and she's she's just really comfortable in it. But I think Lisa Milan, again, you know, her her confessionals are where it's at for the truth. You know, she said, did Chanel Ayan, you know, upstage the bride 100%, but she's not going to say anything. She's going to back Ayan. But then she also said, but you know Ayan, she wears couture to everything. So if you're going to invite her somewhere, step your pussy up. And if you don't want someone to look like a bride, don't ask everyone to wear, to wear white. white. Yeah, it's just you're running the risk. Um, I also just want to say, like, how horny was Sophie Stanbury to be back on TV? Oh, 100%. But also how horny was she for Sergio? <laughs> Who isn't? I, I'm I'm only horny for him with the shaved head. I just there's something missing, and it might be a brain brain cells. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. We're both on the same page. I will say though that I think we've now learned that it's very characteristic of men in his family to openly share their emotions. His dad crying, beautiful thing. Him crying. Also a beautiful thing. I I really enjoyed seeing that. And I just kept thinking the fact that they keep, like, making it out like it's such a negative thing, I'm like, that's a sign that you are not supposed to be together. Him not understanding that you can't, like, grow a fetus in a woman and then take it out and put it in another woman (laughs) later on to continue cooking it. Not a beautiful thing. (laughs) Not a beautiful thing. I I was saying this to you offline, but... um, off, off the record, but I'll bring it back in. For me, it's like I think that she, like I don't think that she has, but there must be some conversation where he he feels confident that they can have a babe, that she can carry a baby. And, and we hear Caroline even say that she's spoken to her doctor and her doctor says it's okay for her to carry a baby. I'm not a medical doctor, but I think anytime you have had issues in previous pregnancies and you are at a particular age, what it's not even worth the risk to you, honey. Like, don't do it. I just, I think he just also just doesn't understand, like, some of these concepts personally. Like, I mean, like, you know, has he not been spoken to about what the risks are to a woman 
above the age of 35. Like, because that's the thing. I think like, you know, you do get to a certain age and the doctor says that you are, it's like a, it's an advanced, you know, pregnancy, whatever they call it, you know. Geriatric, Patrizia, you can say it. Geriatric. I won't be offended. (laughs) It's the doctor's not me, but you know, like, has no one spoken to him to be like, you know, here are the risks to to Stanbury like I think everybody has I think we saw them speak to him about it on this episode I think what we saw is that he doesn't care she she's willing to die for him and he's willing to push the wheelchair so (laughs) I don't think he is I think when the wheelchair comes he's gonna run no I think he's so like in love with her I yeah I started to really believe it in this episode and it's weird you know what it is? It's actually kind of like, it's almost a little creepy. It's very creepy. Right? It's like, I, you know you know how there's like that whole concept? I mean, it's getting into weird territory now. Fetus? Like, is that what you're going to say? No. You know feeders? People who like want to make their partner like Like eat weight. food. Yes, yes, yes. It's almost the same thing. He almost like wants her to be frail and unwell just so he can look after her. Well, that's a bit Munchausen's by proxy as well. Um I also think, though, that we focus a lot on him and his issues, but I also, like, there is something innately sad about Caroline Stanbury. Um, I just think she is really lost. I don't think, I think she puts on, like, such a cold, cold front. Like, she's, she's really figured out, like, who her persona is, but... She is, like, she is willing to die for this man. Like, I I don't think we need to have that conversation. Like, what is that about? I don't think she's willing to die for him. I think she's willing to talk about dying for him, but she's not actually going to do it. You don't think she won't do it when she she gets pregnant and has the baby? She's the kind of girl, like, three months in, he would kind of be like, how come your stomach isn't growing? And she would be like, oh, no, because we inseminated the other lady. Gosh, I wonder if she would just do it behind his back. Because they do have embryos frozen, right? So, Well, I mean, and that's the other thing I found really in- interesting in this was that, like, surrogacy is technically illegal in Dubai because you can't be pregnant and, and unmarried. And unmarried. Um, so they're going to have to go somewhere else. And, like, you kind of hear in the back chatter that, like, America basically is where they're going to have to end up to have the baby. Well, they could just go to the UK. I think they could go to America just because it's... There's so few rules. Well, and that's the thing. And you know what? I think that would suit Caroline really well. I feel like she would be the kind of girl, I mean, it's ladies of London parallels here, but like literally you just like get your your surrogate pregnant in the US and at eight months and, you know, three weeks, you fly on in and like get your baby and then go home again. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so evil. But yeah, it's true. Um, before we wrap up this section, because I really cannot talk anymore about Caroline Stanbury, did you want to talk to me about any of your favourite Chanel Ayanisms from this episode? She's a fountain of wisdom. Moshi, I mean, I had to ask, is it true that when a black person invites you to their home that you should just shut the fuck up and eat? As somebody who's been invited to a black person's house before, was that your experience? Basically. <laughs> but I guess you've answered the question for yourself. Does your gas make you cry? <laughs> With laughter, yes. 
Sanjay's just, just like, I mean, like, look, Sanjay was definitely laughing, uh, crying from, like, you know, sheer happiness. <laughs> but, but the way that she suggests it could be gas. <laughs> I mean, she's so funny. But And then the knock-knock joke as well. Like... <laughs> Just iconic behavior. She is really good. I really enjoy Chanel Ayan. She is a standout. Moshi, they've been, um, I think they're filming the reunion like today, yesterday, tomorrow. Um, it's happening this week. Um, and God. I just know she is sitting next to Andy Cohen. Um, a hundred percent. She has and, carried this show. Okay, so let's talk. Who who are our predictions for seating positions? So Caroline, like Stanbury and Ayan are obviously going to be sitting on either side of Andy. Okay, so like, are we going to have a segregated? Ca- <laughs> I was are about we? to say we've already seen the segregation in this episode, and these are what the two couches are, right? But honestly, I think it'll be. Um, if we're working left to right, it will be Lisa Milan, Caroline Brooks, Chanel Ayan. Lisa Milan is sitting next to, to Chanel Ayan because they're best friends. Brooks, yeah. is, Brooks is on the end and she's pissed. Oh, no. Okay. And then and then the other way, it's um, so Andy and then Caroline Stanbury. Nina, it has to be Sarah Nina. and then Nina. Nah, I think ideally it should be Sarah in the middle, but because Sarah and Brooks have the feud, well, they're both going to be on the ends. And that's what I was about to say, Moshi, because in my seating arrangement, Brooks is in the middle, so that's why Sarah's also in the middle. Nah, I'm, I'm telling you 100%, Lisa Milan is sitting next to Chanel Ayan. There's, there's no other way it wouldn't happen. And you need that. You actually need them next to each other because you know that that's how you're going to even get the better vibe because Brooks is not going to go hard for Ayan. Well, I mean, we've still got a few episodes left. Who knows how many episodes are <laughs> <Who knows>? <laughs> I thought we'd be done by now. Apparently not. But I think Chanel Ayan next week, she's going to try and make the peace. She's trying full to get cir- peace. Full in- circle moment here. She's going to try and get peace in the Middle East. <laughs> calm down, Patrizio. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> And I can't wait. Um, Moshi, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Next week we are back and we are talking No More Ultimate Girls Trip. It's back to, I guess, a three-franchise arc, unless for whatever reason some sort of holiday an episode isn't showing. Uh, I'm sure that there's some sort of, like, holiday coming up. Some, something a, will ruin a, it. A, a sports ball event or something. Something. Um. In the meantime, everyone can please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars mainly, please. We're on the Instagrams at From the Lower Level Pod. And yeah, I hope you're enjoying the content we've actively been curating over the last couple of weeks. We've stepped it up and I'm loving it. I'm loving it too. And on that note, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.